So, Andre, how you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? Good. I'm really excited to have you um, um, joining Urban Asset Protection. We have a couple of questions for you, but before we do uh, jump right into the interview, let me introduce you because a lot of people don't know you, and you are fabulous. And I'm all right. You, yeah, you're doing all right. You're doing it. You're doing it. No, so everybody, this is Andre Hatchett. And let me just give him some accolades here so you know his accomplishments. He's nationally acclaimed entrepreneur and philanthropist. He's the owner of both Priority Notary Inc. in Manhattan, my favorite place to shop, and the Apostle, <laughs> and the Apostle Services in uh, New Jersey. He's a real estate expert and founder of buyblacknyc.com. He's also known by his other name, Brother Dre, which he spearheaded the uh, Black Business Challenge on social media. And last but not least, he's a former business consultant, professional coach, and real estate expert. So welcome, Andre. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> what an intro, too. That was dope. <laughs> on the fly. No, I I, I got notes. <laughs> That's so anyway, you know what? Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, just give you a little background because I was really impressed about what I read. And I was so impressed because a lot of these things and we're going to jump into them, um, you did at a, a young age. So I read an article that you purchased um, your first house, let's see, at 22. And yeah. then, yeah, and then your second house at 23. And that is completely impressive. Oh, thank you. Well, I want to say it's impressive, too, because I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 16, and I felt like I had a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Then my grandmother passed. She left a lot of property in a trust, you know, and I thought I had more knowledge because I was learning more about spendthrift trusts and other types of uh, asset protection vehicles. Mm -hmm. But when she left me that property, I didn't have the maturity, even though I read it. Yeah. Even though I read it, I didn't have the maturity to carry it out. And I, you know, ended up losing some of the property. So my question to you is you, did you have a rich dad or did you have a mentor? Um, I actually had a few. So I make it a, a constant, a constant thing to be around people who are just more advanced than I am, whether they're younger, older, I want to feel dumb after talking to somebody. Like, like how I feel talking to you. Like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, you're really deep. I didn't know stuff about you. So I feel like, okay, cool. I'm learning something a lot. So I, 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 I've just consistently made it to where I, I am not the biggest person in the room. And I want to be one of the smallest people in the room so I can learn and grow and get some knowledge. So, yeah, I, I had a few people. Um, one of them is my Aunt Barbara. Mm -hmm. he, he calls me Andy. Everyone in the calls me Andy. Andy, you have to in the real estate. You see this house that I got? It was a two-family. Um, I, I lived in one unit. I rented out the other. They paid three-fourths of my mortgage and my taxes every month. Then when I sold that, and she said she said that she should have kept it. Uh, when I sold that, I was able to buy this place. And here we are here. And I was able to use the profits from that $100,000 uh, um, um, profit margin to buy my next place. And I was like, oh, shoot. So you're making money while living somewhere. You're making money while living somewhere. And that always just intrigued me that with equity, um, with, with, with the value of the properties rising, it's such an amazing friggin' thing. And when I found out about it, 
and got engulfed upon it. I said, oh, what was that? like, how the hell, how, how, how the hell can I not do this? This has to happen. So yeah, it was my aunt Barbara, a few other people, uh, former high school principal, they all were in the game. They all were in the game and they all stated that, look, if you live somewhere, this is what my dad said as well. If you live in an apartment that you're renting for 30 years, you will never pay it off ever in life in history and your rent payments will go up. If you live in a house that you own for 30 years, just one house, you can eventually pay that off and you will pay it off and you won't have any more payments to make on that house ever uh, besides taxes and insurance. So yeah, I had mentors, I had advisors and I just shut up and listened when it's time. Yeah, well, you know, I read one article about you and um, it, it was talking about the, um, and this is a side note, I'll ask you the next question in a second, but mm -hmm. it was just talking about the gentrification. But not only the gentrification, when you mentioned taxes and insurance, I did geriatric social work. And that's one of the big issues here in Oakland is that the individuals, they um, own their homes, they're elderly. But when you have someone that's moving in next door and your house, you bought it for 60000 and now they are moving in next door and their house is now worth seven, 800000 Mm -hmm. and their taxes are getting reassessed. It's another form, unfortunately, of pushing every class of individual out in this gentrification process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where we have to get creative. We have to say, okay, we have the house, we have the equity, um, but I'm losing, I, I, I'm losing out because of, of, the, of the taxes in, increasing, and that's where having a, a passive income business mm -hmm. comes into place. That's why we have to have businesses. It's not just one thing. During the convention, where we met the All Black National Convention, we talked about business. I said that you need to have um, two or the three things. I don't know if I said it on stage or over to a different person. Um, whether it be investing in the stock market, a business, a passive income business where you're making money, you know, physically have to be there because being self-employed is great, but being a business owner, it's a different level, and we have to get to that level, and or real estate. You have to have two of those three things going. You just have one of those three things. It's easy to get pushed out, dismantled, outpriced. We have to be creative, and we, and we have to be hungry, and, we, and it, it, it just has to happen, or else we're going to get screwed over and shut out continuously for different reasons. We have to be on the ball. We, we literally have to be uh, on the ball and above average. We, we, we can't be average in this life. Uh, in this country, we just be homeless. Yeah, and I can see me and you gonna get off topic. <laughs> I had like two points to get back with you on that one, but I was curious. Um, just on the lines of real estate, just give us a quick example of what your worst moment and your best moment as a cash flow property owner is or was. Great question. So, worst moment was when I got scammed mm. um, by four properties. It was during the whole boom thing, mm -hmm. the appraisers, the loan officers, the age, everyone was in on it, but us investors. And I guess us investors were too overly anxious as well. So the blame is, uh, is can be shared around equally. So yeah, I bought properties that I couldn't rent out for anywhere near the amount of the mortgage payments. Uh, I didn't do my due diligence. I was too trusting. I was in my mid-20s and lost all those homes, lost all my money, lost my credit stand, which was freaking great. Uh, yeah, that sucked. That sucked, and I, it, it actually took me uh, a couple of years to actually get over it. A couple of years, it was a very dark time. 
So those were the worst moments. Those are definitely the worst moments. The best moments, um, well, I'm, I'm kind of living in them now. So the best moments now are being able to talk about real estate as an expert and, and tell our people what I have done right and what I have done wrong and take a little from each and please implement it into your life. So, 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 so the fact that I can, I have a townhouse that I co-own with my aunt, um, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, uh, the tenants, they might be leaving. I could live in a three bedroom, two and a half bath townhouse at the in my mid thirties and have a family in there and, and, and keep them moving. And it's 10 years paid off. So we only have 20 years left on the mortgage. So, uh, I haven't had that big payoff from a sale yet, per se, but being able to have the options for me personally, that's very fulfilling and very rewarding. Right. Now, going back to uh, the worst time, what's the advice that you can give individuals so they don't make the mistake like you? Uh, you get a second opinion, okay. but from an expert. So don't be too trusting. So. I might be considered a business expert per se to some. Okay, well, there's no Brother Dre to say, but also get a second or third opinion before you trust Brother Dre blindly, but get it from other experts, get it from people who are involved, people who know, not from naysayers or people who, who haven't done anything. So get a second or third opinion, even from somebody you trust. That's something that, that I would recommend. Um, I would recommend using your gut instinct and using common sense. Don't forego those things, no matter who's telling you what. Um, and I think that could help people avoid what what I've been through or, or my mistakes, per se. Right. Well, I mean, we all make mistakes. It's, it's not the mistakes that you make. It's how you come back from it, you know. And successful people make serious mistakes. Um, oh, hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> I mean, me personally, just I lost all my properties with my grandmother's house. I just kept refinancing and keep refinancing. I kept refinancing because I too was caught up in that whole bubble, you know, and I was using the house as an ATM machine and all the money that I, yeah, but I perished because of a lack of knowledge. And I also perished because of a lack of, um, let's say, uh, modesty. You know, I was very presumptuous. You know, I'm 20, 22. What? I got a whole portfolio of properties? Oh, yeah, I'm doing How it. How many did you have? I had like six, but they were cash oh, sure. flowing. They were cash flowing, man. They weren't just single family dwellings. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and that, that? Sacramento, oh, like all over. All oh, over. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and now those properties would be worth millions. Right, they would be mm -hmm. millions, but I've since come back. You give me another chance like that again. Now, what I did do recently is I did an affordable housing um, project using tax credit dollars. You know, because the city will give you money. Yeah, I did. I did a lot. Oh man, I read the housing plans. I went in deep. That was the hardest real estate project to do um, because you have to be so specific with the city in order to receive anything free. Yes. You know? yeah. And yeah. I think that's where um, uh, a lot of us miss out on is the due diligence with the annoying ass paperwork that they keep throwing at us. And a lot of us get discouraged, but, but if you can see it through with paperwork and the annoyance and the resubmitting of the same documents that they already asked for, it could be a big payoff. Well, they gave me three houses free. Okay. So it paid off. Oh yeah. 
but that's my middle name is Esther Free L, you know? <laughs> so you, I just learned about that. I just learned how you, how you made this thing happen. Hey, I'll show you my proposal. We'll talk offline. Yeah, I'll be sure to walk you through the all and anybody else for the listening audience, um, because we as individuals, as black people have to understand that there are so many free dollars out there for you. You can buy a piece of land in Mississippi right now for $900. You can take that piece of land. Mississippi will give you supplies to build on there. They'll give you, and I made those projects solar energy, green efficient. You know, HUD is giving away money left and right, but it's in code. And that's the thing, you know, I had a client come over yesterday and she sat there and she's taking a business class, but the questions that they were asking her, it was at the community center. She paid $400. The way that they were wording it wasn't, it wasn't in layman terms and it wasn't in colloquial cultural terms. So I sat there and I um, interpreted, well, what they really mean is this and what they really mean is that. And that's the same thing with this paperwork. It's, it's written in. It's written in code so that it can outclass individuals. That's the purpose. You're right. So, yeah. Anyway, let me get back to my question. So, the other question I have for you is, and I think you kind of gave the advice, but if you have any other advice for individuals wanting to purchase cash flow property, young and old. You know, I have an 18 and a 19-year-old, and then I know people that are 50 and 60 who want to buy property. So, so what I would recommend personally is I would look for a multifamily property to start out with, whether you live in it or not. Uh, I, I believe that the more units, the better. It can free you from getting off the corporate plantation, as I mean, Dr. Boyce Watkins says, because you have other incomes coming in from the other units. And those incomes, uh, aka rent, can help you pay your bills, your mortgage, your taxes, help you fund your business. So I would look at multifamily properties, two to four unit properties, as a way to start, as a way to get things going. Um, some people, they know that they don't want tenants in their house, um, even though it has a, everything is separate per se. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But I would definitely look at that as a first option. Um, I think it can just free people a lot. I have a friend, he didn't decide to move into this house. He got a house in Newark, New Jersey, a three family. Uh, Newark's a, a very up-and-coming market, by the way. Uh, it, uh, people can't afford Brooklyn or Harlem anymore, so, so Newark is an hour, under an hour away, so I think it's a good place to invest. So I got a three-family, I think it was for 280. Um, if he would have lived in the profit, property, he would have been living rent-free. So he went from paying $2,000 a month of rent in Brooklyn, and if he would have lived in the property, he would have been paying no money a month, like no, taxes, insurance, mortgage, Nothing. He would have been living rent and mortgage free because he has a three-family property. That makes sense. That makes sense. He got a job over in Silicon Valley, so he'll be out there. But oh, tell him hit me up. You know, I'm in Oakland. That's where I live. I tell him to give you a shout. Yeah, I'm. 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 The distance from you to Newark is the distance from me to uh, San Jose. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, for sure. And that's yeah. What I'm gonna do. And you know, you need people when you move out here to kind of just like show you. It's Definitely. scary, man. It's scary. 
<laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to piggyback on what you said too. I get a lot of flack when I tell people they should get um, income producing property. And what? Why? Well, because they don't understand. They think that they have to cover the whole entire mortgage. But what is actually, I tell them it's actually better when you go down for the loan or you go to a private money lender because those those um, loan or those extra units are counting as income towards. Bingo, the extra units are counting as income so you can get a, a, a more expensive property. And worst case scenario, you can live in the basement and things hit the fan. Mm -hmm. That's a great option to have. If, if, if Whitey pisses you off, if you just feel like leaving, if you get sick, you can live in the finished basement and be chilling. Options. Yeah, options. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you are a very savvy businessman, you know. And I and I and I mentioned earlier in your introduction that you had something. Oh, oh, okay. You had a notary business. So yeah. how do you how do you come up? Because notaries are not people don't know notaries can marry people notaries Word. have been deputized from the secretary of state you know I, I'm, I'm, I just try to you know play esther l on tv <laughs> i mean and it's a very powerful secretive position so how did you even come up with that so i was working um as a teacher's aide which i, I enjoyed the, the work but i just never enjoyed it um, the schedule of lunch times and having white people coming with to do all day. I just always hated it ever since I was a kid. So I was making 15 15 an hour, which was about $100 a day. And my friend, again, hang, you, you are who you hang around with. You are your friends. You are, your, you are who you date and you are your friends. Any way you look at it, like that's who the hell you are. So my friend Ricky Simon told me, um, I don't know, I heard about from a mutual friend that, yo, you know, he has this thing. Oval notary, you could charge more because you go to their location. They said, yo, he makes like between 75 bucks and 200 bucks per assignment. He's averaging like $200 a day or more. And he just started about a year and a half ago. I was like, okay, well, I'm making a hundred. He's making a couple of hundred. He's his own boss. I'm not. Let me <laughs> hang around Rick. So I shadowed Rick and he mentored me. Thank you, brother Rick. And that was 12 or so years ago. Yeah, yeah, 11 years ago. And I said, it, it just made sense. And I talk about that in the school that I have because uh, I teach people about the business now because I mastered it. And I teach people how to do it, how to start it up, how to establish it, and, and how to save years uh, of their life and $1,000 in starting the business. It just makes sense. And I, and we oftentimes, not us as people, us as human beings, we get so caught up in the damn word passion, 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 which I'm big on passion. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on it, but I don't think everything you do, you have to be passionate about. Some things you do because they make friggin' sense. And they you make know? money. <laughs> and you can spend the money on things you're passionate about. Precisely. <laughs> I was at the event. I could afford to go to the event because I have businesses that make money. Some I'm really passionate about it. The black real estate school, extremely passionate about the notary teaching school. I'm extremely passionate about desk jobs. Uh, I'm okay about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down. I'm level, but it's income producing. Mm -hmm. It's income producing. So I got into it because I, I was able to make double the amount of money that I was making from the job I was at, which I hated. <laughs> that was it. Right. That, it just made sense. And it was low startup costs. I, I, I started everything with less than $500. Now, 
before I ask you the other question, you mentioned the event. So I feel it's important for us to talk about. Oh, we got some context, yeah. <laughs> we're just having a private conversation. But you and I were, at, we were at Dr. Boyce Watkins' event and the title was, what, what was the title of it? All Black National Convention. The All Black National Convention, the first one. And it was awesome. And so I remember me and you, uh, I saw your t-shirt and I'll, and I'll, post it you know okay. I, I saw your t-shirt and I said oh this is just awesome this t-shirt is just because I had over like 300 likes on a similar poster really? yeah where it said respect and protect black queens right mm -hmm. so when I saw your t-shirt I was like yeah everybody's liking it we got to be Facebook friends too so yeah, every, cool. everyone's liking your t-shirt and so when I took the picture and I saw you walk on stage as the panelist I've mentioned this three times. I don't know how stupid I felt. And, and you, because it's just. Well, why would you feel stupid? I, I don't get it. Because, you know, I thought you were security, really. <laughs> I was playing, I, I was security as well. So, so uh, I, I kind of helped voice man maneuver through the crowds and uh, keep him on task. He loves people. He likes to talk to people, but, you know, we got to stick the time. We got people here and, and you got to eat. So I, I played both roles. I played both roles. And I don't mind it. Like that's cool with me. I I, I can do it. Uh, no, but I it's tolerant me. No, in my head, though, <laughs> to see security go on the stage and talk about success, yeah, I'm. I appreciate your humility. <laughs> humility can get you really far in life. It sure can. It can get you really far in life. Apparently, on stage. Humility can get you on stage. Yes, it, it definitely can. And then really quick, uh, Boyce made an announcement that you're going to be president of his new organization. What, what's that about? Black Men United. So Black Men United, um, we're still carving out the details, but we're just trying to bring together Black men, point, highlight the ones who are doing great work, uplift the ones who want to become better men. I guess I have a damn code, have like a system. A lot of us Excuse me, I was one of the lucky ones. I, I have a great father, raised by a great father in, the, in, in, in my household. But a lot of brothers just don't know how to be dudes, right? Uh, and, I, and I use the word dudes intentionally, just don't know how to be freaking dudes, don't know how to take a woman on a date. They, they're asking the woman 2,000 questions. When the woman wants them, just, you know, just like figure this out. I don't care. Like, just figure it out, make a damn decision. So, and we have a lot of brothers who are just lost, who have never been taught how to be a dude, how to be a man, how to be assertive, how to make a decision, how to get things done. And they're just kind of lost in the wind. And I'm not going to blame single mothers, which a lot of people do. I'm like, yo, like, chill the hell out. I'm not going to blame all the fathers necessarily because a lot of them weren't taught. So we just said, like, we know how to be a man. We know how to be dudes. We're by no means perfect at all. But we know the basic fundamentals and we feel that we can bring other brothers together so we can learn from each other, teach each other, and just have like an adult fraternity without being hazed kind of thing. So we got some codes, and, and one of the codes we are implementing is respecting the damn black woman. Respecting the black woman, basic common respect. Um, I only date black women. I, I did it a non-black woman, but I 99% women I did it are black. And it's not even about that necessarily for me and for us. But like, I have friends who are in interracial relationships and they respect black women more than a lot of brothers who only date black women. Mm -hmm. So it's just about getting some standards, getting some codes, getting a respect system in order for each other and especially a black woman. 
and really have a hardcore emphasis on unity. And we're going to drill in entrepreneurship and real estate ownership like a crazy, 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 crazy. Well, it's interesting that you said that because my daughter, so I put on Facebook and then I only have a few more questions, but I had put on Facebook that um, the cover, I was in the airport coming back from Atlanta and there was the Us Magazine cover and I'm walking past the magazine stand at the airport and I almost faint because there is Jamie Foxx who just married Katie Holmes. He married Katie Holmes? Yes. Really? I got 238 comments in one hour about that. Now, everybody's like, you know, my client came over yesterday and she's like, well, Jamie Foxx married a, um, he's, he's had women before that were non-white. And I said, well, I think people feel betrayed um, in a sense, because <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to marry who you want to marry. Um, we don't we do care because you're famous. Now, if you're like average Joe Blow and no one knows you, who cares who you date? But because we felt that it was, um, and this was some of the comments on the Facebook that the individual Jamie Foxx always presented himself as pro-black. He just got through playing a slave in Django. You know what I'm saying? That's an interesting point you're making there. Can you be pro-black and date somebody non Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, but you can't because you have to pick a side. Then you should be more diversified in your roles. Because mm -hmm. if you're pro-black, then you are saying that you want other black people to support you. And so, if you want other black people to support you financially, emotionally, physically, you know, with all of these roles that you're playing and all of your goals, mm -hmm. then that's taking energy because currency is energy so we have invested energy into his career right and so because we all feel like parents who have gathered together to boast up this one individual we have a say who you marry no you're just not going to do that but of course yeah. that's delusional thinking but regardless it's how people feel is it the same for black women as well absolutely not because <laughs> and it's not because i can't because and I was explaining to my 18-year-old the Feminist Act in the 60s mm -hmm. when the white woman told the black woman she also had an issue with her black man when she didn't, you know, and she was up there burning bras and she was up there doing all of these things. Uh, when the white woman went back to her husband after two years of fighting for feminist rights, Black women didn't. That's when they ushered in the welfare system, the food stamp system, because that was their man. Now you've abandoned your man, so we'll be your husband. The government will be your husband, right? Mm, and so with that being said, who, where did all the black men go? Oh, they went to the white women. So there is, and I was trying to tell her, there has been an unspoken stigmatism about that since the 60s, since we've been bamboozled and hoodwinked into fighting for these causes that don't affect us. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's it. Okay. Deep stuff. Deep okay. Stuff. But anyway, getting back off track, uh, back on topic. So is your business an LLC or is it a... Uh, Prior Notary Inc. is an S-Corp. The Notary Business School and my school platforms are also S-Corps. So your schools teach, what do the schools teach? So for the blackrealestateschool.com, we teach how to be a top real estate agent, um, how to stop gentrification. So we target the up and coming neighborhoods that are five or maybe even 10 years away from being um, middle class, working class, whatever you want to call it. 
basically the hoods now that won't be hoods in three, five, ten years, which is what we need to freaking do. We need to be ahead of the damn ball game. So, and um, real estate investing one on one, we help you pick out what is your investment type. What is your investment makeup? So we give you different examples. Maybe you should own a, a, a three-family home that you don't live in because you know you don't want to see t tenants every day and the people owe you money. Like, like you can't bash them in the head. So maybe it's best for you not to live there. Maybe it is best for you to live there. So we give you different scenarios on what's what. Flipping, buy, fix, buy, fixing, and selling, and buy, fixing, buy fixing and holding as well we we have numerous uh, experts who have done that and who, and who are currently doing that uh we just get into nooks and cranny we're tackling the home away and airbnb model maybe that might be better. i think it is actually better for a lot of people who, who own property to have that as an option opposed to having the straight rental tenants in the unit so we just give you a bunch of scenarios uh, because i believe there's more than one way to skin a cat and we help you decide what's the best way for you to get in the ball game and we have another course coming out on international real estate because I don't think we should be tied to this damn country. I, I think we need to have peace. <laughs> at least, like, like I, 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 I told my queen, like, 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 if we have a son, I'm like, like, we're leaving this hellhole, so we're, we're, we're out of here. At least on a full time basis. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, real estate investor one on one, um, in international real estate, and is it better to invest in real estate or a business? I believe that for some people, um, it might be better for them to start off with a business. Some people, it's better for them to start off with real estate. Again, we just try to give you information. We just try to give you information and help you discuss, decide what's the best route for you to go as an individual because there's more than one way to skin a cat. And for the notarybusinessschool.com, uh, we teach you how to start up your own business as a mobile notary public. Um, how to be self-employed, and we have a master's course, which is really cool, where we show you how to have people do the jobs for you, which is where I'm at. So I have a signing service where I have people do the jobs for our company. I, I take a small cut, they get paid, and we all eat. So those are my platforms, my teaching platforms. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you said um, international. We travel. My daughters have been traveling since we were, they were six and seven. Their oh, first, yeah, their first place was India, but you said leaving the country was interesting too because i did obtain the african diaspora passport through ghana wow. so you know, yeah. man that was that i have that in my irish passport but i am into plan b's like you said um about leaving the country and then yeah. two um i took a class recently on um creating um senior care homes senior care facilities oh, huge and huge, huge. Yeah. we should definitely talk because i have to share my notes i have like i pay like 1500 for the class and i have a binder this thick hey, hey, hold on a second that shows the coverage that you are because you're investing in education not just uh formal college stuff you're investing in continual education you're paying the money to invest to get the knowledge and, and that's 1500 dollars but that can make you make that help you make 100 a friggin month those things are gold mines they are and those people that come in and talk about their experiences and the good and the bad that's good and then when you said um uh oh traveling nurses that's huge yep rent your room because they're never home there are so many ways <laughs> there's so many ways to get it there are so many ways to get it if you're open to change spend a little bit of money and um, are disciplined this is uh, 
this is a very exciting time. It is. Now, just two more questions. Um, you are here talking with me. You yeah. don't feel like. It's a pleasure of talking to you. Oh, I appreciate you, kind sir. Um, um, but the point is, it feels to me as if you own a business and you don't own a job. So I'm just curious, what are some <laughs> systems in place? You know, you, self-employed is owning a job, you know, because it, it pavement, hitting the pavement consistently. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what are some systems that you have in place that gives you the freedom to actually be a business owner? Um, the schools are huge. Schools are a huge part of that because I can teach them for wherever I am in the world. And I even resell my pre-recorded lectures. So that's passive income like a month, like, like crazy right there. Like a month, like a month. That's my favorite one. <laughs> so, um, and I actually have another course where, where I show people how to start up their own schools and academies. Uh, it's at Andre's Institute. Andreasinstitute.com because I've been doing this for a year and it's been my main source of income for a year teaching. So I said, oh, okay. Now you have your skill sets. Um, maybe you could take the class and learn how to put your skill sets into a curriculum because I think courses are the new college and there'd definitely be a new master's degree and doctoral degrees. Definitely. Maybe not the new bachelor's yet, but they're definitely the new master's and doctoral degrees. So I said, huh, I mastered real estate and being a mobile notary public. I put these into curriculums and made positive cash flow from the first month and every month after that. There are other people out there who have skill sets that they can put into a curriculum as well. So I'm basically sharing my blueprint and the course for that. And yeah, so um, I, those are the professors that have been very cool for me. Uh, I'm starting the online merchandise business. We should be launching that in the next week or so. Um, and my notary business, being that I own a signing service, I actually just had a friend from my text. Uh, I had a friend text me. He's doing uh, an assignment for the company in Manhattan. So he'll be PayPal me over 150 bucks or so after you complete that chat on Thursday. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, sign up for our master's course at andreasnotaryschool.com. So, yeah, owning, being self-employed is really cool. I think it's a great step, but a lot of us think that it's the creme de la creme, that's all they can do. And again, some people, that is all they can do and all they should do. But for a lot of us, we stay stuck there because we don't realize there's anything above that. Well, piggybacking on what you said, and then I have one last question. Um, my daughter, she's everyone knows she's 18. I have 18 and a 19 year old. Uh, I, I just keep saying it because it's like, leave, leave. You're 18. You're 18. You're 18. You're 18. That's expensive. Oh, she ain't going nowhere. Well, she might, she just got back from Slovakia. So I'm like, go back, go back to my friends out there. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I got this cup from. All I got is this stupid cup from Slovakia. <laughs> How long was she there for? Uh, a week. I'm like, you could have stayed longer, baby. <laughs> I respect how you encourage your kids to travel. That does wonders for the mind. Well, my 19-year-old lives on her own. But the 18-year-old, the um, she just got through taking a program called Udacity. And Udacity is an online like coding program in school. But the new terminology for what you were saying as far as... Um, um, online courses. It's called nano degrees. We know them as certificates, right? Nano, so, degrees. nano degrees. So she's had Uber contact her. They sent her a coding challenge and she passed. That's 80,000. 
Then she had AT&T contact her because my friend is with, works with AT&T. That's 75,000. Now, to speak to that, it's not to brag. It's that knowing these advanced courses or what places to go, it's a new day. Having a degree, that's, you know, that's old school. We didn't talk about degrees at any, we, t we, we, we spoke about degrees the last panel Saturday evening, but through all the panels and discussions, we did not talk about degrees. Yeah. I mean, anytime my 17-year-old or 18-year-old can make more money than I did at 18, it just goes to show that we're in a new class. With the times, be open to growth, be open to new ways of thinking, don't get stuck in the traditions of things, be adjustable. I, I think anybody who's living in this time period has to be extremely adjustable and not so rigid. I agree, and that just segues me into my last question, which is what advice are you able to give those right now who want to start a business? For those right now who want to start a business, I would say start. I would say start with something. You do not have to be in love with it. It's like your first home. You don't have to be in love with your first home. It's a starter home. Start. Get the knowledge. Start big. Start small. Start the process. Um, and have an... And, within six months of you starting your first business, I would have a plan to get out of being self-employed, maybe not at, right after the six month period, but have a plan to get out of self-employed and to be a business owner. So ideally uh, start a business, it might be first one, your second one, a business, a business that's scalable, that has room to grow, where you can have employees, aka subcontractors, do your job and you get a cut from it. Uber, prime example, uh, I have another company which I'm a co-owner of. It's called the Trusting Room. So, so we do your hair for you in your house, and we launched in uh, Arizona, and we're going to launch in California. So. And that's excellent to go to the elderly population. So, I would suggest you get to those social workers in the hospital yeah. and those case managers in the hospital, yeah. and give all your cards out. And then home health care, because I had a home health care staffing agency, and that's what I still have. Um, You're cold with it. How many companies do you have? Uh, I have this one and um, my home health care staffing agency. Can I like interview you or something? Like, Absolutely. Like, <laughs> <so good. laughs> oh, man, getting fired ain't no joke when you got two kids. You learn how to hustle. So, um, um, yeah, and I would uh, get with every social worker at each and every home health care staffing agency in your area because the social workers and that's the white woman's power no one will tell you that but the social worker is the pinnacle at every single social service as like something happened with my uncle and they called me and they were like Esther come on down come on down I walked in I'm like I'm a social worker and all, everybody ah, let, let me get the paperwork out let me that position holds weight. Well, social work was how the white woman was able to come in and take your child yes. and pawn it to the government. And she made that a position of authority because she was once again fighting with her man. Mm. You know, and that's not something they're going to tell you in school, but social work is right up there is a very extremely powerful position and i didn't know that until i started going out and you know so i would just get with the social workers because they're gonna 
bring you so much business, especially in home health care, that they go in, they interview the geriatric population, and they assess their needs on a personal level. I, I, I appreciate the feedback, and, and, and you're right. You're, you're exactly right. And um, one other thing that that I would have for someone trying to start a business, get around other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Get, get around other entrepreneurs because nine to fivers think that we're freaking crazy, and if something goes wrong, which it will, then they're going to say, yeah, well, well why did you even do that in the first place? Why did you even start your own business? Just go back, just go back, which you might have to go back. But if you do have to go back, you should still have your business or a business running for you on the side. So get around entrepreneurs because they will give you the emotional support and give you the encouragement that you will need in order to get over the humps of being an entrepreneur. So just get around them, go to meetup.com, start Facebook groups and join groups with entrepreneurs, preferably black ones and um, get, get around us and learn from us and, and, and pay for coaching sessions if need be, but be around people who are seasoned who will keep your head in the game because once your head is out, um, uh, your money's probably out too. Well, if you would do us a huge favor and in the chat box, put all your websites, your Facebook, your Twitter, yeah. how people can access you. I really, really appreciate your gracious uh, attitude on the rescheduling and all the advice that you gave here. And the fact that I know how to work YouTube <laughs> and their new thing. And you gave me Zoom. So I really appreciate you. Teamwork, teamwork. And I'm gonna be asking you about how you got those three properties for free. So it's all good, you know, we have one each other. Well, let me press stop and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day, I appreciate it. Okay, I appreciate it.